what we're going to do is we're going to share some things that, uh, that are coming up, some exciting transitions. And, uh, but I want to start first um, with vision. And I want to f- start first with uh, a prophetic word uh, that was uh, given uh, by the prophetic team here at New Covenant Worship Center at the beginning of the year. And I've, I've got it right here. Um, every year, the prophetic team, which I... Are, are you guys thankful for our prophetic team? Yeah. I am very thankful for our prophetic team. But in January of this year, uh, they gave me a prophet, gave us uh, the team uh, a prophetic, some prophetic words of what they seen coming up in the future for New Covenant, as they were seeking the Lord and in direction and all that kind of stuff. And this is uh, I'm going to just say for me personally, these prophetic words have helped me to have courage as a leader to move forward in the will of God. Sometimes you need a prophetic word. I can remember when Karen and I were really struggling and we were barren and we had several prophetic words that came forth and one of those prophetic one of those prophetic words I've shared here multiple times but uh, the prophetic word was um, uh, we had had a miscarriage and we had lost a baby and she had a lot of female issues and uh, praise God, God healed her. Can I have an amen on that? And, uh, but in, that, in the prophetic word as we were warring in the prophetic word that God spoke to us, um, he said, you're going to have a son, and his son, your son's name will be Joel. And, uh, and then my other children were prophesied too, but there were seven years of barrenness, and sometimes you get prophetic words so you can war. Can I have an amen? Sometimes your prophetic words come, but you don't see the, the destiny of those prophetic words for sometimes years. And so seven years later, as we had lost a child, and God answered the prayer, opened my wife's womb, we began to have children. But I stood on those prophetic words. And, and so even some of the prophetic word that I'm going to share today with you, um, because uh, the, the prophetic word has, has brought courage and strength to my heart. But the, the word that, that was given to us was all hands on deck. Like a ship, everyone has their job to do to allow the ship to function in its full capacity. God spoke to me that going into this new year, we need to have all hands on deck. This meant that some individuals will step out of places, positions where they are currently, and they will move into new positions. Others would stay in the positions they have and increase in influence and authority. And so there's been a lot of transition that's already taken place this year. You know, Mike Brown stepped down from the worship team. Sarah Hughes stepped down from the worship team. You know, we've had a few families leave, so there's been this transition. And so as a leader, when the transition and moving happens, you go, oh, God, what's going on? But that prophetic word was powerful in that it gave us courage and it helped us to begin to go, okay, God, you're moving New Cabinet Worship Center into the destiny and the call of God that you have for us. So, so that's, that's kind of where we're at here. And so that, that, the prophetic team pr- brought that to us. And it's been helpful as we're going through some more transition. And we want to talk to you guys today about some of the transitions. But I first want to say thank you, prophetic team. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the prophetic team. Uh, the prophetic team has helped uh, as they've sought God and s- for this house. Uh, it has been a blessing to us. And I want to say this, you know, the church, uh, this church is founded on the, uh, the foundation of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. And if we did not have the prophetic voice here, many times, you, many churches don't have it, but we do. And are we not thankful for that? And so we're really rejoicing in that. So I want to thank the prophetic team for seeking the Lord, because most churches don't have that. So, so that's kind of where... Um, I wanted to set that, that word about all hands on deck. And so over the l- last year, Shelly uh, has been our next-gen pastor, and she's getting ready to be in transition here. And uh, she has been feeling a shift from the Spirit of God and wanting, uh, feeling like God was doing something. And so as you guys all know, she's been the next-gen pastor, and she's overseeing all the uh, young generation ministry here at New Covenant Worship Center. And so she's going to be transitioning out of that role as youth pastor. And, um, and so this has been going on for quite some time. Yeah. And so I'm going to share, Shelly's going to share, Tom's going to share, we're, going to all, we're, we're all going to have a piece of this puzzle. 
But over, over the last year, uh, we have felt this thing coming, and Shelly has been feeling this thing coming. And even when Tom was on sabbatical in 2022, last year, Shelly and I were discussing, she goes, man, I just feel like this September of 2023 is going to be the timing of the Lord. And so uh, oh, nine months ago or so, we began to talk about a transition strategy for 2023 to begin to transition Shelly out of the role of, of youth pastor and to, to move in a different role that, that she was feeling God putting in her heart. And so this month has been five years since she's been the youth pastor in New Covenant. Can we thank her? Five years, and it hasn't been without pain. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it has not been without pain, and it hasn't been without butting heads. Can uh, Amen? Yes. Because leadership is tough. Can I have an amen on that? And so it has been a growing process for all of us. And so, but I just, you know, she is coming up to the end of a journey that she's been on for five years as she obeyed the voice of the Lord five years ago to move into this position, all hands on deck. Because we all have a role. We all have a responsibility. We all have something that God's placed in our heart that we're responsible for. Can we have an amen on that? We are not supposed to be pew potatoes. As Medea would say, hallelujah. <laughs> right. So on October 29th, the end of next month, mm -hmm. Shelly is going to transition out of that. And now she's going to share a little bit of what God's been doing and stirring in her heart, of what she's going to be doing and, uh, in, in this different role. So she's going to share a little bit of her journey. Then I will share a little more, and Tom's going to share of what we're going to do and what we're doing to replace Shelly in the youth pastor role and, uh, and what God's been speaking to uh, us and the whole ministry team as we've been walking a journey together to seek the Lord. So journey, uh, Shelly, why don't you share a little bit of your heart and then we'll transition that. So I want to just start with, a, I think, maybe a preemptive apology for I might be really emotional. Um, I don't, I didn't process the grief before today. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm, I found myself grieving. And so I'm really sorry if I blubber through this. Um, this is definitely not a decision that I came to lightly. And it, um, it has been very difficult to obey the Lord in this because I really love what I do. I love the kids. And, um, you know, in Matthew 18, um, five and six, it says, and if you tenderly care for this little one on my behalf, you are tenderly caring for me. But if anyone abuses or causes one of these little ones to stumble who believe in me, it would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. So at no point do I ever want to um, abandon a post that the Lord has put me in. And um, so I, I have really fought it. I've, I've wrestled with the Lord. and um, But again, prophetic words have really brought me a lot of comfort. Um, and I'll share those with you. Kind of my journey, I'll take you back a little bit. But, but the first thing that I do want to say and acknowledge as well is thank you uh, for allowing me to minister to your kids because they are just, like, this is the best group of kids ever. Amen. I can't even, like, Amen. Amen. I can't even process and, and express to you the depth of character that these kids have. They are full of the spirit. They are full of the word. They yes. love the Amen. Lord. They serve him with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I mean, this really is, I, I am honored to be a part of it. And I am grieving leaving this position. Now I do want to say this. I am not leaving the church. <laughs> okay. I'm still here. And I told the kids today, that's what, that's what I came out to tell them. I told the kids today that, um, I am still available for them, you know, and I'm still going to do youth camp next year and, you know, things like that. I'm still, I'm still Mally's mom. I'm still here. Okay. And if there's something that they need from me and they don't come to me and I find out that they didn't come to me, I'm going to be really sad. 
Like, I'm still here. I'm still available. And, um, but I want to share just a little bit about kind of the journey and the way the Lord has taken me on. And, uh, you know, I, I came out of a history of, of addiction. I was addicted to drugs for eight years and got saved in 2003. In 2004, um, Denny Kramer prophesied over uh, my husband and I, and one of the things he prophesied over me was about um, that, that I would, he would use me to break generational spirits off of people and that I would help destroy those whose lives, or help restore those whose lives has been destroyed. I used to destroy lives. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, but, but, and then the Lord said, feed them, house them, and clothe them. And this was in 2004, and I, I never understood what that really meant, but I knew that I was called to the broken and those who were hurting. And, um, and th over the years, you know, I've done it in a smaller scale. I, I was an emotional healing uh, minister, facilitator. Um, my husband and I did things with our home. We housed people, you know, things like that. Um, and, and so, but I always knew that I, I would help people who are in addiction or who are broken, who are hurting emotionally. That's always been my niche. It's always been the thing that I'm drawn to just because I've, I've been doing the work inside of myself. Now, in 2008, um, I went to a children's ministry conference with Karen and Tom at IHOP in Kansas City. And at this children's ministry conference is where I saw these 12 and 13-year-old kids worshiping the Lord with their whole, like leading worship, leading intercessory prayer. And I remember being like, wow, you know, like I've never seen this before. This is, this is I, I can't believe that there's this generation of kids that are just in love with the Lord. And then, and then right before we left, there was a 19-year-old man, young man, who preached a message out of 1 Samuel about Hannah and her barrenness. And that was probably the best message I've ever heard, even to this date, the most impactful message. All I know is that I couldn't even get up out of my seat after that message was preached because I was weeping and I didn't know what was happening. I mean, we're talking, I had to, we couldn't even leave. I sat there for like an hour weeping. And I didn't know what was happening, but, but here is what happened, is that the Lord put a mantle on me in that moment. There was grieving that happened in my heart. He was healing my heart, but he also put a mantle on me, a call to bring the vision that I saw to see it, that he was promising me that I would see it here. And I remember taking that with me. And from that is when I actually started the Flip 180 ministry, which is what used to be our middle school ministry. It was fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. And I poured my heart into that ministry for years, took a break after I had Truman, because he's a lot, and, uh, but came back in the next general um, for another five years. So this has you know, been 15 years since I had that first initial call to the next generation. And um, right after I came on staff, uh, oh, but I want to say this. This is the sweetest kiss from the Lord, is that way back in 2008, when I saw young kids on fire for the Lord, I was like, wow, that's just the coolest thing ever. And this is the coolest thing, is that I can, I see it. It's here. Like, it's already happening. That Like, what God promised that he was going to do, because he promised me he was going to do it, He's doing it. He's done it through the, all of the changes that, that, that our church has gone through. The discipleship movement has been huge in, in just helping us to parent our kids in a way that they just dearly love the Lord. And, um, and it's just been really sweet to see. It's just been really sweet to see that that vision that the Lord gave, that there really are, um, that God's really moving on this next generation because any promise that he would. And so... Um, then five years ago is when I came on as next-gen pastor here, and I went uh, right after coming on staff, I actually went to the S.H.I.E.L.D. team um, for them to pray over me, the S.H.I.E.L.D. prophetic team, to pray, and they wanted to give me a word. And it was at this time that they prophesied that I would be in this position for five years. And so I've always known five years was kind of my timeline for this. And, um, and, and at the time, what they prophesied is that once I came out of that, that I would move into um, a recovery ministry, starting a women's recovery home. This was way back in, you know, 2018. 
And I had forgotten about that part, actually. All I remembered was the five years. I always knew that there was kind of a clock ticking, and I was like, I'm going to pour everything into these kids while I can because God's got something different um, as, I, as I move to something else. Um, and so last summer that I knew it was time to get serious, I was like, okay, we really, we really have to work on this because this was my thing. It's like, I don't want to leave unless we have somebody in place because I don't just want to go and they're not be, I was adamant about that. And I was like, I had lots of conversations with the Lord about that. <laughs> and, um, but I also knew that if I didn't obey the Lord, that I would be in disobedience. And so I was like, okay. I, so I took a step in faith before we had anybody to replace me, before we did anything. I said, we've got to start the process I know I have to obey God. I don't really even know fully what he has, which is the weirdest thing. I just knew he had something else that I had to, I had to obey and do that. Um, and then it was after we started making the moves to transition that actually Megan Krause was at the, um, the fivefold ministry meeting that was here on a Wednesday morning. And it was prophesied over her that she was to start a women's recovery center. And I knew, I was there that day and I knew I have to help with that. That's part of what I know. And it was then, and then I remembered later, like two months later, oh yeah, that's what they were prophesied over me. You know, mm. and it was just all these pieces were coming together for me. And um, so what's next is, you know, October 30, 29th, I think is my last day. I've heard from the Lord very clearly that I am to take three months to rest and recoup. And um, then... One of the things that he's going to have me do is the Women's Recovery Center. I know I'm part of that, to the spiritual director of that. There's some other things that, I, that I'm going to take these three months to get some clarity on. I know he wants me to do, um, take some coaching courses and uh, do something with coaching. Uh, I have some books in me that I need to start writing and get that process going. Um, so those are all things. So I don't fully know what's next. Um, I just know that it's in the business of recovery and helping people get restored, and really any type of just, just overcoming mental um, issues. So that's, that's my process. All right. And we know in our culture that there is some serious mental health issues, don't we? Amen. Well, Shelly, I just want to publicly in front of everybody say thank you first. Thank you for serving the Lord and being obedient to, for the next-gen role. Um, lives are changed. Kids are different. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the ministry has grown under your leadership, and you've done a good job. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you. Thank you for obeying God five years ago. And there's been fruit, and we've seen the difference in kids' lives. Thank you. But the other thing that I want to publicly thank Shelly for is how she transitioned for this ministry. Um, church, most leaders, when they're done, they inform you they're done and say, see you later. Shelly did not do that. I want you to know that she has brought us in on this transition, and she's told us from the beginning what she's feeling and what she's sensing. And I can't say how much I appreciate this as a leader. It's one thing when you come to church and then somebody says, uh, we're, we're done and we're out of here, or they're leading an aspect of ministry and I'm done, and they just step back, and you're going, oh, what just happened? She has submitted to authority, and I, and I, I, just, I just want to say thank you for that. And it's been hard yeah. because when you submit yourself to other people, when you're feeling something, you feel like you lose a bit of control, don't you? Yes, and I don't like that. And you don't like that. None of us do. <laughs> and so uh, I just want to say um, thank you for submitting to Tom and I and the ministry team in this journey. Um, she has allowed the discerning process to go even beyond Tom and I, and she's allowed it to go to the ministry team as well. And, uh, but she, her heart was, she knew that her decision would affect the church, it would affect the youth, and uh, she was really good about yielding that decision and that process uh, to us. And I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You've set an example for other leaders 
of how to transition from ministry. So guys, I don't know if you know how big that is, but I pray that you'll tell her thank you when it's all said and done. So, so what, we have, we, what we've been doing to find her replacement, and um, it, it, we began first looking with those who were serving her on the youth team. And so uh, we began to look at those who are serving, and uh, began, she began to kind of feel people out on where people were at. And uh, so the current, I, I wish, would the current youth team, would you guys please stand up? If you're helping in the youth on the youth team, would you please stand up? There's more. Okay. Megan, where's yeah. she at? Okay. She's in she, children's ministry. Kira's she's back in children's there. ministry. Yep. Okay, Mike, and there's Tina Kira. And yep. the, those people have been amazing to serve and sacrifice their life. Guys, thank you. Thank you for serving. Come on, church. They're pouring into your kids. They're pouring into your kids. Uh, but we first went to that team to begin to sense if is the Lord moving and wanting any of them to step up to the leadership of it. And they all prayed and sought the Lord. And none of them felt like they were being led to, to take over the leadership of it. And so we just began a prayer process of saying, God, okay, who? And uh, what, what do you want? And, uh, um, and so we've, we've been in this process of praying. But what, 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 I, what I want to do is Tom and I were really feeling like um, at the beginning of the year uh, that, that the Lord was wanting to unify the church's ministry team and get us all on the same page. And um, uh, in early spring, we began to, we invited the, the ministry team uh, to come together to begin to read a book called Discerning the Will of God Together. And I think this is important because you need to know the process that we've been through over the, really the last six months uh, and what God's been doing in the leadership of this house. And because um, we, we, we believe in team ministry, and we believe that uh, I, we are not a one-man show. I don't make all the decisions around here. We make it within team. And we really felt like we needed to get unity on the ministry team. So we brought the ministry team in, and, um, and we began to read a book. And so the ministry team currently, uh, the ministry team here at New Covenant currently consists of Sam Lunt on the prophetic team. He leads a prophetic team here. Uh, Alger Julson leads the prayer, altar ministry, and intercession team here. Jeff Julian leads the marriage ministry team and has three or four couples that, that help them on the marriage team. So sometimes you'll wonder why I'm not the one meeting you on a marriage thing. We have a team that helps marriages in this house. And by the way, one of the prophetic words on, uh, on this list was that there were going to be two marriages restored this year. So uh, if your marriage is in the shambles, guess what? There's hope for you. Prophesy. And, and then uh, Michelle Preble, she serves as emotional healing team and all of our emotional healing ministry. Then there's my wife who uh, heads up the children's ministry, and that's currently the ministry team. And so we invited all those people for a book study, and we began to meet weekly. They sacrificed weekly. To, we met every Monday on this book, Discerning the Will of God Together. And as we were going through this book, we began to learn a lot of different things. And, uh, and so um, we began to practice with Shelley discerning the, the, the will of God on her transition. And so as Shelley brought this to us, we began to, you know, because in the book we studied about prayer. We studied about um, uh, silence and solitude and how, how we bring things that the Lord's wanting to do before him. We learned about uh, consolation and desolation, which are terms that we don't uh, maybe know about, but in the book we began to learn as a team that, you know, there's sometimes where you get this gut thing and there's this consolation inside of you where you just know it's the will of God. And then there's times where you get this desolation where it's like, I don't know about that. Don't feel like that's, but we began to study this book and we began to put that book into practice as a team as we met each week. And we actually brought uh, this situation to the whole team and said, Hey, this is what Shelly's feeling. This is what we're sensing. Let's, let's take what we've learned in the book. Let's begin to practice it. Let's begin to walk this out. And, and that's what Shelly did. She submitted that to the team and we began to practice, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And so the Lord really began to speak. Uh, about what God wanted to do, and he began to, to lead the team to a concerted effort. And so what we ended up getting to is, is through the guide of the book, we all got in unity. 
There was an overwhelming unity that, yes, Shelley, this transition is of the Lord. Yes, it's the timing of the Lord. Yes, September, we feel the Lord on it, even though we don't have a clue who your replacement is. But we feel like, yes, 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 everybody was in unity. The Spirit of God was moving, and we just really felt that, yes, this transition was the will of God and the timing of it. And so I just wanted to share that because it's important for you guys to know how your church leaders are discerning the will of God and how they're making decisions. So with that, um, that's kind of how we went to getting clarity from that. Now what Tom's going to do is Tom's going to share now a little bit in that how we brought it to the ministry team and how we did some things and how we kind of began searching for who was going to replace Shelly. So Tom, why don't you take it from here? Yes. Um, Yeah, so after Shelly let us know that she felt like it was time to transition, um, we came up with a couple of names that we felt like we wanted to approach for the position. And the first person that I I, I went and offered the position to, um, they were very grateful, but they said that God was doing something different and they were headed in a different direction. And so they declined. And so with that said, we moved on to our next candidate, and that was Joel Haler. If you guys would put that picture up. And so um, we presented Joel as an option to the ministry team, again, a part of this process of prayer and seeking the Lord, and we asked them how, uh, do you feel a confirmation? Should we approach Joel and ask him if he wanted to and possibly take the position. And so everyone on the trams, teams we prayed agreed, felt like Joel should be asked. So once the ministry team, you know, confirmed that we should ask him, Eric and Karen removed themselves from the process going forward. And they did that because they didn't want to influence or bias uh, the process that we needed to go to. And so uh, once, you know, they bowed out, it was left to me to kind of steward the process going forward. So once Eric and Karen stepped aside, I put together another team to help me with creating a full-time salary package. You guys may know Shelly's part-time, and uh, we were hoping for part, uh, full-time. And so didn't have any a package for that, so put this team together. That team was uh, Tiffany Youngquist. It was Brett Fisher and Brian Hughes, and just asked those guys to get together. So we met, we emailed several weeks, we came up with what we thought was a fair salary package. And so once we had that information, um, my wife and I, Michelle, we drove down to Knoxville, which is where Joel lives. And we got there and conducted an interview. Shared with Joel and Michaela what we were thinking where we were at, I presented the salary package, I offered, um, I asked them a lot of questions, kind of filled their heart, and where are you guys at, and what's going on, what's God doing in your life, and let them ask me a lot of questions about the position, and so after we went through that kind of first interview, I told Joel and Michaela too that um, if you were interested, that they would be, uh, we would like to have a second interview And you would do that second interview, but it would be with a different group of people. And so at that time, um, Michaela was about to pop with their baby, McCade, which is the little guy in the corner there. And so, uh, so we knew that was happening. And and I just I I told told him I said, listen, guys, listen, relax, okay? No pressure about this thing. We're gonna do our thing regardless. Have your baby. Enjoy having the baby. Let this, you know, be a time of, of just being with the family and going through this. And, you know, and then when you are ready, if you are ready for that second interview, just let us know. So they had the baby, um, and, but they also went into uh, their own prayer and fasting process, you know. And they were looking for godly counsel. They were seeking godly counsel from some of the leaders that they knew there in Tennessee, um, even some leaders out in California that uh, Joel had. And so during that time of seeking the Lord, there were some prophetic words that even came to Joel and Michaela. And 
um, a prophetic word from someone in California that didn't even know what was going on with them and just gave them this crazy, like, direct, like, duh, kind of thing, you know. And so uh, Joel was having some dreams, some prophetic dreams uh, about the position. And so, and, and so in all of that, you know, the, the, the people outside of the church knew nothing. So after they kind of went through this discernment process, um, Joel reached out to me and he asked, he said, can we do the second interview? And we'd like to do it on, you know, as we're coming up through Indiana on our way to Canada because they were going to vacation with all the hailers. And so we agreed. And uh, we conducted the second interview with Joel and Michaela, again, both of them. And so the team that was a part of that second interview, it was Alger, it was Shelly, it was Sam Lunt, it was Michelle, my wife, it's Tiffany Youngquist, and myself. And everyone on that team got to come with their own questions, and they got to you know, ask whatever they felt was on their heart, important things to them, and we took about two hours to do that interview. So once we had finished the interview, um, we asked if Joel, we said, Michaela, how are you, what are you feeling? And they both said, yeah, we feel like this is it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we thanked them and they needed to hurry and get off to Canada and have some fun with their family. After they left, uh, I, we stuck at the team. We all kind of stuck around, and we heard the yes from Joel and Michaela, but I said, is there a yes here? Does everyone feel like this is a yes, or are there any red flags? And everybody was like, nope, none. No red flags. We feel good about this, and uh, we, we're ready. And so... Everyone was good about it. So once they said yes, and we've said yes, and then it was time to talk about timing. And um, talked that over with Joel and Michaela, and they said that it would probably be sometime in January before they could get here. And here's why. Because, number one, they got to sell their house. <laughs> got to find a house here. Um, they've, Joel needs to transition through his job, and he doesn't quite know how long that's going to take. And the holidays are coming, and so they were like, if it's okay, just can we January, sometime in January. We're like, absolutely, we can handle this. Um, but that was also, you know, the possibility of them coming earlier is wide open as well. If things start to fall into place, things start moving, whatever, we are open to them coming earlier if everything starts moving quicker. So that's the process we went through to figure out that Joel and Michaela were going to come and take this position. Now, what are some reasons why we think this is a great fit besides God? <laughs> you know, besides him talking and speaking so very clearly that even the doll among us can go yes and amen. <laughs> uh, well, first I want to share that Joel feels a really, really strong call to be a part of New Covenant. What he's doing, what God is doing here. In fact, before we ever talked about transitions, uh, job offers, all the way back last May, when we did our 25-year celebration of ministries here at New Covenant, um, Joel was here, and um, he was heavily convicted to tears as he was here a part of that service and that weekend. He was so convicted, God had just just zapped him with, I need to be here. I want to be here. And there was a sadness that he hasn't been able to be here. There was a longing. But he had this thing in his heart where he felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's, you need to be back here at New Covenant. But Joel kept that in his heart. And he trusted God to bring about the timing. He wanted God to be the one who really really made this clear to everyone. And so this has been an ordained by God moment that started even before we knew Shelley was transitioning. Mm -hmm. Now, another reason why we think he is a great fit is because Joel has been extremely well-equipped for ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once he uh, 
finished his bachelor's degree in communications from Hope College. He then went on and he did three years of ministry school at Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. And right now, he is currently finishing up his master's degree in ministry. And so he is going to be smarter than Eric and I put together. (laughs) I just got a dumb bachelor's degree in music. (laughs) What do I know about anything? But he's finishing up his master's degree. So he comes with so much experience, so much education for ministry. He is well qualified for ministry. And we are just so excited and happy about that. Now, let me address maybe a big question that some of you might be having right now. And that is, is Joel getting this job because he is Eric and Karen's son? Are we engaging in favoritism? Well, the short answer is no. Now, let me give you the reason why it's not. Again, if you remember, the first person that I asked for this position was not Joel. It was someone else. Another reason is that when Shelly told us that she was wanting to transition, Eric already told you this, our first question was, is there anyone on the team who wants to take this spot? And so Joel didn't get to, like, jump to the head of the line. Because he's privileged. We went through a process. And so once, you know, Shelly had told us, no, there's there's not anyone on the team that's wanting to take this, um, we started looking outside of the church. That's when I asked the first person, and then we asked Joel. Now, another question you may have is, what will keep Joel from receiving favoritism once he gets here? Well, the way we're going to solve that is that I am going to be his boss, not Eric. Yes. Good for me, too. (laughs) So that means I'm going to be handling the problems that he's having. I'm going to be helping him navigate his own character-forming moments. You know, how dad has a way of going, you got a problem. I don't have a problem. you got a problem. (laughs) So maybe it'll be different when I go, I think you might have a problem. We all have problems. (laughs) We all are. Yes. So I'll be responsible for that. And if any problems arise within the youth ministry that Joel needs help with, I will be the one who helps navigate that with him. Now, I want to make this really clear, though. Eric is still an elder. He's still an elder of this church. And he and I, as the elders in this church, we will always have the final say when it comes to direction and decisions, and problems. So Eric is still going to have some influence over Joel. He will have influence over the youth ministry. But when it comes to the weekly accountability for Joel and Michaela and the youth ministry, I'm going to be the guy. Now, we want you to also know that if you ever have a concern, if you ever have a problem with Joel, I can't imagine it happening, but people are people. We're all stinkers at some point. Uh, And you just can't resolve it with him because that's going to be the first step. Did you talk to him? Mm -hmm. You didn't. Don't talk to me until you talk to him. Mm -hmm. That's always going to be the answer. We do Matthew 18 here. Amen. Best we can. But if you do and you can't get it resolved, can't get it resolved with him directly, then I will be the one you want to talk to. You're going to come to me. And then we can reach out. We can get this figured out. Okay? Now, I also want to be completely transparent with you guys when it comes to our staffing. Currently, we have five people on staff. We've got Eric and myself. We are both full-time. Shelly's been part-time staff. We also have Shelby Willis. She's our secretary and bookkeeper. And we also have uh, Karen Haler, who we pay part-time to clean the church. Now, she doesn't receive any money for all the hours that she puts in for children's ministry. Mm -hmm. We specifically pay her just to clean the church because it's so hard to get anyone to volunteer to do such a massive job. (laughs) And so she said, I'll do it. And we had a gal before Karen, and she did it for years and years and years and years, and then she retired. And so... Karen got the job. 
but she doesn't get any money for any of the ministry she does. However, um, Karen right now is also caring for her elderly mother. And when Karen is not available, when she cannot get to clean the church because she's got to take care of mom, uh, Rebecca Haler, or no, Ball. Ballman. Ballman. <laughs> Sorry. Little Rebecca. She cleans the church, and we pay her to clean. And when it's Karen can't do it and Rebecca can't do it, <laughs> we, we just keep going down. We, then we pay Michelle Hughes and my wife to clean the church as a last-ditch effort. <laughs> they are very good. Thank God for them. We're, we are very particular about how well we clean the church, so... <laughs> Thank they you. do do a good they job. They all do Thank a good you. job. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Unto the Lord. But we want to be just completely transparent because, you know, when Joel arrives, Shelly will be off the payroll. Joel will be on full time. So that's, that's the transparency we want to be. But we, are, uh, we want everyone to know that we are extremely committed to avoiding nepotism, favoritism, the best we can. We want to. We, we believe that there's so many great people here who do ministry, who lead, and have an influence. Mm-hmm. And we continue and will continue to pursue ministry in that team-based way. And again, if anyone has any concerns, um, <clears throat> more than just what I've I've talked about, either now or even in the future, please feel free to reach out to me. But ultimately. <clears throat> This process and decision has been made by a team of people, okay? We didn't get together and say, you like him? I like him. You like him? He's in. (laughs) We brought it out. We brought it to people who don't even hardly know Joel that didn't grow up. You know, Tiffany, she doesn't know him from anybody. She's not, I don't know you. What are you going to do for my kids? (laughs) It was much sweeter than that. It It was one of her kids. (laughs) Very sweet and tender, but she was like, we don't have a relationship. And so this process has been handled by a team of people with very, very little influence from Eric or Karen. And so I want to say that we have an enormous amount of confidence in this decision to bring Joel on as our youth pastor because the Holy Spirit has been confirming, confirming, confirming both people here in the church and people outside the church that we just, they don't even know that this is the direction we need to go. So much confirmation. So, again, if you have any questions and you want to talk to anyone, you can talk to any of these people I mentioned. Go ask them. Did it really happen the way Tom said? I don't know. He's not a truth teller sometimes. We know that's not true. I hate lying. But you can ask Sam, Alger, my wife, Tiffany. Ask, talk to any of those people I mentioned just to find out, get any information you want about this process. But ultimately, we are excited. We are so excited. We are so excited what God is going to do in this next season and just happy what God is getting ready to do in all the changes and all the people. And so one last thing, and then we, I'm going to let Shelly sh- share some more. Currently, Joel is in the process of communicating this to his people in Knoxville. So, everyone listen. Everyone listen. Please, 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 please do not put anything on social media about this. Do not go to his page and say, congratulations. Can't wait for you to get here. Praise God. He's moving. You guys will be awesome here at New Covenant. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't congratulate him. Don't send him houses like, oh, I found a house. You'll love this. <laughs> Nothing. What are we sending? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> once the, once the, the information's out there and Joel says yes, then we can just pour on everything. But not until he tells us it's okay. And we will let you know when that happens. But we are excited so excited. Shelly's excited. Shelly's excited. She's going to talk and share about her excitement right now. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. And so, yeah, you can give a clap. Hallelujah. Amen. We got Thank Joel you. coming in. Um, so, 
just this little detail. That, so the gap between when I'm gone and he's there, the youth team is going to continue um, the impact ministry. So that's there's not going to be a hiccup there. The youth team is going to carry that until youth, youth, uh, bleh, Joel gets here. Yes, until Jesus comes back. Um, so there's that. I told the kids today, I'm like, this. the only thing that affects you is that I'm not going to be there. But, but listen, I... This has been such a faith walk for me. I am, I am just so absolutely excited about this. I, I think my spirit has known that Joel was going to be the successor, maybe even from the beginning. I think I've, I've just always known he was supposed to be here. I am absolutely thrilled. You know, what, what I had to offer the youth was relationship. You know, there was relationship and all the things that Jesus has taught me about emotional wellness. I was always talking about that, you know, those things. Joel is going to take these kids to the next level of, of teaching them how to live their faith and share their faith in a way that is just awesome. And so I'm excited because they are so full of the spirit and full of knowledge and Joel's going to take them to that place where it becomes part of the community. You know, they're going to become little evangelists. And there's just a lot that he's going to bring that I I couldn't be more excited about. And so, but it has. It's It's been a faith journey for me just because, I, again, I didn't want to leave the position unfilled. But I knew I had to obey the Lord. And I had to obey the Lord before I knew what he was going to do. And that was really scary. But he came through. And so I hope you're excited. You know, I hope you're excited. And, um, but this is another thing I just want to tell parents is that, again, the last thing that I want to do is to create any type of abandonment in the kids, you know, to, to feel. So help them process any of this. Have them come to me with questions. We're going to have impact tonight. They can come with any questions that they have. Please just reassure them that I'm, I'm not leaving and abandoning. This, this change is going to be a good thing. This is going to be a good thing for them. But, but, um, just that I'm still here and available for that because um, I just I just love these kids so much. I think maybe I'm giving my own self a pep talk of the grieving process of that because I just love them so much. And um, so anyway, that's yeah. all I have. Amen. So uh, before I pray, what we're going to, to do is um, on October 29th, which will be her last mm -hmm. official Sunday as youth pastor and next-gen pastor, we are going to have a dinner right after service that we want all everybody to stay for, and uh, because we are going to honor her and thank her for what she has done. So we're, the church is going to provide the meat and some fixings, and we're going to kind of if we if you want to help with providing a salad or cookies or some dessert or drinks or anything, please see Shel, uh, please see Sarah Hughes or Kim Dickerson if you want to help with that meal. But we're going to have a time of celebration on the 29th, just thanking uh, Shelly. But we're also going to have Shelly and Megan share that Sunday on the women's recovery thing that's in their heart. And we're going to take up a special offering on that Sunday for that ministry that's getting ready to start up. So I ask you guys to be praying over the next month, what would God want you to give financially for that ministry startup to see women set free from chemical dependency and life controlling issues. Can I have an amen on that? So we're going to be a part of that as far as the church. We believe in this ministry. We are going to support them in that. And uh, we want as a church to get behind that outreach and, and really see what God is going to do. So it's been on their hearts for a, a long time. So that's what's going to happen on October 29th. And so, but um, as, you, as you probably know, I'm pretty excited as well. Uh, since Joel is my son, and uh, I've definitely seen the work of God uh, over his life and uh, the call of God on him, and so it's going to be interesting to see how God does that, and, uh, and we'll hear from them as well, because it, it's been a journey. They're going to share their own prophetic journey and, and the struggle that, that they had in that process, so I don't want to share that for them, but uh, it's quite miraculous how God has been speaking to them as well. So let's, uh, if we could, let's just uh, bow for a word of prayer, and we will seal this time, and uh, we'll, we'll, at the end of the prayer, we'll, we'll give God some thanks, amen? So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your movement in our lives in the church. I, I thank you, God, for the youth ministry here at New Covenant. 
I thank you for the people uh, here who faithfully serve in that ministry, and I thank you, God, for the prophetic destiny of this church. Father, I thank you <clears throat> that you have spoken all hands on deck. I thank you, God, that you've spoken, that there we're in a season of transition and people getting in the right places at the right time. And I thank you, God, that you have spoken faithfully through the years at this house, that God, this church's greatest impact would be with young people, that it would be like a youth movement, God, that there would be uh, a movement within the youth and that it would be like um, a youth movement, but yet there'd be an enough older people to stabilize the work. And so God, I see that you're putting this church, you're shifting us and, and you're bringing fulfillment. And Shelly has been part of that fulfillment. She's been part of that transition to bring the youth ministry here. And I thank you, God, that you're moving to take it in another place, a different way. And God, so we thank you for that. And Lord, we just say yes to your will. We say yes to your hands on all deck. We say yes to doing our part to see the kingdom of God come and manifest in this, in this church and in this ministry, Father God. So Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you for it. And, and God, we just say, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, we need you. Father God, we need you. Father God, I pray that in this house you would begin to put all the pieces into place. Father, that you would begin to convict others of their role and their responsibilities that you've placed in them. Father, that you would compel us to be a people who do your will. And so, Father, we just surrender to you this morning and say, God, not only is it Shelley's will or Joel's will or someone else's, but God, each of us have a will, a plan that you have for us a plan to help, a plan to, to see the mission of the kingdom of God advanced in this city, in this region. And so, Father, we thank you that you're moving and you're going to have your way. So, Lord, we surrender to your will today. And we thank you, God, that you have prophetically spoken. And we thank you, God, for the yes and amen in the people's hearts. That, God, we would link arms and we would be in unity, God, for the purpose of your kingdom. And so, Lord, we love you and we honor you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.